everybody. Welcome to another edition of From the Other Sideline. I'm your host, as always, Melissa Trebosser of Frogs Today. This week, we are joined by a great overviewer of the Big 12 Conference, somebody that we have spoken to before um, as an Oklahoma State preview, but this time we brought on Philip Slavin from the 1012 Network to talk big picture Big 12 basketball with the Big 12 tournament kicking off Wednesday evening in Kansas City. Philip, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I think I'm I'm ready. I don't know. I, I'm I'm tired. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> Very Aren't long uh, sports season for some strange reason. So while I am greatly anticipating arguably the best sporting single event of the year with March Madness, uh, I think I'm, I'm 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 ready for it, and I'm ready to enjoy it, and I'm ready to get through it. Well, before we get into that greatest single month of sports in March Madness, we have a pretty exciting couple of days uh, coming up ahead of us with the Big 12 tournament um, for a conference that is widely praised as being the best in college basketball period, but especially so this past season where some have said it might be the best group of teams ever assembled. Uh, the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City should be a pretty fun affair. Um, you've got seven teams that look like right now that they are slated to be selected on Selection Sunday into the NCAA tournament. You've got a, you know, a couple of teams that are on the bubble that with a couple of wins in Kansas City could could become that eighth team to get in. Um, but you also just have a lot of great storylines. And, and I mean, I, I don't think anybody would be surprised by any singular team winning the whole thing over the next couple of days. Uh, would you say that's a fair assessment of the Big 12 this year? It's weird to balance viewing this season and viewing the Big 12 historically. Because if you look at this conference, the way it has gone, yeah, it is the best top-to-bottom conference, no doubt. Um, Oklahoma's the worst team. They're one game below 500. And if they'd have been in any other conference, they'd be going dancing. Same thing for Texas Tech, arguably. I mean, we could talk about their 5-13, and 13, but in conference play, but how many close losses did they have? Uh, so this is a conference that at one point people were talking about, will the whole conference get in? We could have, I mean, just two weeks ago, we were talking about, could you get nine teams into the NCAA tournament? Now we feel comfortable with seven as West Virginia joining uh, the rest, the other six in Kansas, Texas, Kansas State, Baylor, uh, and TCU and Iowa State, who will all be probably top five seeds in the NCAA tournament. Maybe Iowa State drops to a six. We'll see. West Virginia feels comfortably in. Oklahoma State uh, has some work to do in Kansas City. And so we sit here and say that the Big 12 is the deepest and most amazing it's ever been. And then Kansas goes off and wins the league again and what's supposed to be a rebuilding and down year for them. And now we head into Kansas City with, it could be this team, it could be this team, it could be this team. And yet no team outside of, no current Big 12 team outside of Kansas or Iowa State has won the Big 12 tournament since 2006, except for Texas, who did it because they got a free pass to the championship game because Kansas got COVID in the semifinals. So, yes, a lot of opportunity here for some upsets because we see them every year and we could see some new champion. But I also would, if you wanted me to put actual money down, would just say Kansas, as usual, has the path that best sets them up to make the championship game. Uh, I think their half of the bracket is better suited than the bottom half. And typically the top half of the bracket is, of course, is the one seed you should have the easier easier path than the path for say a Texas or Kansas State or TCU uh, down in the bottom half. It's interesting that you say that because I would look at it right now. And I mean, obviously, you know, Kansas is, is playing great basketball. They seem to have figured it out for a while. They looked really, really vulnerable only to see them, like you said, finish, you know, at the top once again, 
But I think if you look at the way some of these teams are playing and depending on how some of these first round games go, um, you could argue that that Baylor, other than a little bit of a mini swoon here over the last couple of days, is playing as well as anybody in the conference. Iowa State, obviously, you know, missing Caleb Grill now is a little bit different, but still a very dangerous team in Kansas City and a, a team that's going to have a ton of fan support we've seen historically um, versus, you know, TCU, who just got blown out in Norman, um, but is when they're healthy, looks like an elite team. Kansas State, which started out the season looking like they could potentially win the league, but has kind of come back to earth a little bit in Texas, which I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get, you know, destroyed for this, but I think it's probably despite being the two seed, one of the more overrated teams in the conference right now. Um, I, I would personally, I like, I I'm glad to see TCU on that side of the bracket as opposed to on the other side where I, I think Baylor and uh, Iowa state, Kansas are maybe a little bit better suited to win in that four or five day kind of grinded out tournament. Yeah, here's the thing. Let's talk about the top half. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, top half, we have Kansas versus the winner of, of Texas Tech, West Virginia. And let's just, to the fans of West Virginia, Texas Tech, I mean, obviously this is a TCU podcast, uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma, like no team has ever won four games in four days to win the, yeah. the Big 12 tournament. It's never been done. It happens all the time in other conferences. It doesn't happen in the Big 12. So I'm not going to pick any of those four teams to make it to the championship game because none of them have ever won it. I'm not going to pick one here. Um you look at the top half, you get Baylor, Iowa State. You get an Iowa State team who I have yet to decide if their big season finale road win at Baylor after losing four in a row and I believe six of their previous seven was a sign of things getting turned around because of Grill's removal for the team or a single game rallying cry for them to get around that and then go on the road and beat a Baylor team. They're not going to turn around and play again and so playing a team back to back and we talk about this thing in other sports like that's not typically something you want to have to do because whatever you did that was successful last game is going to be hard to like they're going to be prepared for it this time around so you get a Baylor team who offensively has been really good is a terrible two-point defense team just flat out terrible um I don't I, I don't trust either of those teams against Kansas in a, in a second game, if Kansas gets past the winner of West Virginia, Texas Tech, which I would expect them yeah. to do. I know West Virginia put up a fight against Kansas in, in, in Lawrence just like a week or so ago. Uh, Texas seemed like they were hot down the stretch, but now you've got an interim head coach. I just like Kansas to me feels like the team I am most confident to get to the championship game. Then you go down to the bottom, you get a Texas team who, yes, they lost two of their last three and, and had to finish in second place. But we had talked about it on the Tintel podcast, like they're, stretch to end conference play was a, a ridiculous gauntlet they played i would say at yeah. home at baylor at tcu and then kansas at home they went two and two in those games which any team would expect to try and go two and two so i don't i don't really think like i get the overrated idea i don't think we give texas enough credit for remembering that chris beard got removed from this team early in the season and rodney terry had this team essentially one went away from tying Kansas for the regular season title. And so I do think this is a good Texas team. So you get a good Texas team on the bottom half. You get a Kansas State team that I still think is a really good team. Yeah. Um, yes, I think they are overly dependent on two guys, but I mean, most teams outside of like five in the country are overly dependent on two players. They do got some ancillary pieces to help them out there as well. So like uh, to me, Kansas should come out of the top. Now, again, 
big, we've seen upsets all the time, all the time in the Big 12 tournament. We usually get at least one or two day two upsets. Like I, Kansas State versus TCU, like I, I would I would pick Kansas State. I, TCU looked great in that first game with Mike Miles back, going and putting up a hundred points on an Oklahoma State team in in Fort Worth, and then they went two and two down the stretch and eked one out at Texas Tech and eked out a win against Texas, got handled by Oklahoma on the road in the last game. And, and Eddie Lampkin, we don't know his health. Like I would almost lean Kansas State in this situation. And so then it comes down to, in my opinion. Are we getting Texas, Kansas State? Does Oklahoma State get the win or get past Oklahoma and then find a way to upset Texas and a win they desperately need to feel like they can make the NCAA tournament? Like there's that bottom half of the bracket, I think, is the more unpredictable. And so for me, like I see Kansas with a fairly clear path to get to the championship game. I could be very wrong. And we could be sitting here looking at the first, a first non COVID impacted Big 12 tournament champ that's not Iowa State or Kansas, but I just, like Kansas seems like they have a pretty clear path to get there and of any of the teams. So I, I feel most comfortable saying like Kansas is going to win the big 12 tournament. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's fair. I think most people look at, look at that team. And I mean, they do have definitely the most dominant scorer in the conference, um, you know, the player of the year and, and, a, and a guy who's not just been really, really good this season, but the veteran player and a, and a guy that's been around played a lot of basketball for Kansas. So um, I think that 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 certainly helps. Um, who are some of the other individual stars that you look at this week that that are guys that could maybe propel their team to a Big 12 title game? I mean, look, I understand that TCU got the win over Texas despite Mike Miles not playing all that well. But I think if TCU is going to make a run, it's because Mike Miles steps up and plays like the Mike Miles that we we want to see. And you kind of want to see that as a TCU fan anyways, heading into the NCAA tournament. It's like, yeah. okay. He came back from his injury. He looked great. He's been up and down. Can we get some some sign of consistency from him at a neutral site preparing for what will be a stretch of neutral site games? And so I think if he shows up, TCU could, could make a surprise run here. Uh, Jalen Wilson for Kansas, that's not going to be too surprising. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I, I just, I don't know who you, I don't know who I would name here that we haven't talked about on every big 12 basketball podcast, left, right, and sideways since conference play started, you know, um, County Johnson, Malik Knowles, like it just, like, I don't know that there's somebody who would, if somebody comes out of nowhere to shock us and make some big surprise run as a player in the big 12 tournament, then that's probably going to be the team that we don't see coming who makes a run. And so I have no way of guessing, like, I, I, I hate this answer, but I'm like, Outside of the players that you would expect to talk about, I don't know who else is going to suddenly show up out of nowhere in Kansas City and help their team out. Because there's not a, there's not a, to me, outside of Mike Miles is the one like single guy on a team who's in the mid to low seating, who's good enough to pick his whole team up and carry them on a run. I don't see another guy who we don't already talk about ad nauseum on a Kansas state, Texas or Kansas that, that I would, I would expect to go and do that. What about Keontae George at Baylor? Cause that's a guy as a freshman who's kind of gone through the ups and downs of a, of a freshman season, but has looked, you know, down the stretch had a couple of games where he looked like the elite player that we were promised him to be at the beginning of the season. I think it's a great call by you. Um, I, I do. I'm gonna give you full credit for that because I, I did not have that name on my list to try and keep an eye on. But again, let's, let's talk about, you know, in Kansas City and then the March Madness, like who are the guys that are going to have to step up for their teams to make runs here in this postseason? 
I think that's an excellent call with, with Keontae George and Baylor. I, I have the question of like, who's going to step up for Iowa state? Like, yeah. is, can someone do that? Uh, who, if Oklahoma state's going to find a way to get enough wins to make themselves a post a March madness invite, we haven't really seen anyone specific, right? Like Caleb Boone's been down, Avery Anderson. still. like, I haven't seen a team from a player from Oklahoma state who has by themselves stepped up and really carried that team. Uh, I think Kate George is a great one that I didn't have on the list, but a good call by you. So if it's if it's not Kansas, if it's not Iowa State, I think we we talked maybe I, I kind of know where you're leaning here, but but which is the team, regardless of path, but just the team that you think has the ability to survive, you know, three or four days in Kansas City and and come out on top. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kansas State. Um, I partially selfishly the idea of a Kansas Kansas State Big Twelve championship game a sunflower showdown in kansas city for the title game is is a really exciting prospect that i would i would like to see also like looking at bracketology stuff like i'm really hoping for kansas state to get enough wins to, to boost themselves up and mm-hmm. where they potentially get seated could see them in in denver or uh or, or in iowa for, at des moines as opposed to getting shipped out somewhere else so like i uh it's a it's the um we got a purple on purple matchup on yeah. thursday and I, I know this is a tcu show i'm supposed to like play to the crowd but i i I personally, just from things I would like to see, I would like to see Kansas State. I also think I feel I feel confident in Kansas State getting past TCU. And then it's that Kansas State-Texas game is the one that I'm just, I'm yeah. going to give Kansas State a slight lean here. Um, over Texas, being in Kansas City, again, Texas has been okay in the Big 12 tournament in the past. Their one great run. COVID kind of helped them out. Uh, so I, I'm going to lean Kansas State and Kansas and have a full Sunflower Showdown rematch in Kansas City. Here's the thing that I like to think about. Just put yourself in the shoes of, of one of these coaches that has a team that that look, that look believes they can make it to the Sweet 16. So And, and I would honestly say that probably of those top six seeds, all six of them, <laughs> six of them. think they can. And, and I, I don't think that's an unrealistic thing. I mean, we've seen no. each of those teams when they're healthy – look like a team that can easily make it to the sweet 16, make it to the second weekend. How do you manage wanting to win a big 12 championship with also wanting to be ready to compete at a high level when it frankly actually matters? Man, there's so many arguments here of like, do you rest guys in preparation? Do you try and go for it all? And I, I, I think it depends on your team. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Andy who hosts our can who's, works the Tintel podcast with me, hosts the Rock Chalk podcast, which is the Kansas show on the network. Like every every year it's, what is Bill Self thinking heading into the postseason? Is this a year where they are hungry? They want to make a run. They need to do that for seeding purposes. Is this a year where they're like, you know what? We're fine. It's okay if we lose. Let's just, let's just worry about our health and just mental capacity and move on. Like I, I, I would view everything from this standpoint, if I was a coach, we're going to go out there and play game one. Um, and we're just going to see what happens. Like, obviously we want to win, but I would say we're going to go, we're going to play. We're going to see what happens. If we get the win, let's try and do it. Let's, let's try and go for it. If we lose, obviously, but like, I'm, my focus is not like, I've got to go beat these big 12 teams for a third time. Like I, I, I want my team, I want my team in a mental state where they are okay. If we don't, I don't want to, I don't want a loss in a big 12 tournament. Yeah to derail us mentally or to get us an injury or to over prepare. Like if I don't have to win a game, 
I'm just going to go play the game. And if we win, we'll go try and, and win two more. If I don't, fine, we're good. Let's sit down. We're going to the, for six teams, honestly, seven. We're going to the NCAA tournament. For West Virginia, like, get the win. Like, you kind of get get the win. Just, yeah. just to confirm things, go one and one. But, like, let's just get to Selection Sunday, find out where we're going, who we're facing, and start prepping for that. Put yourself specifically in Jamie Dixon's shoes. You haven't been healthy pretty much this entire season. The five or six games where you've had your full – cabinet your cabinet full of guys you look like world beaters so you don't have the continuity of these guys having played a ton of basketball together this season even though all of these guys are kind of returning veterans um you've got you know the perilous health of guys like mike miles and eddie lampkin but you also are kind of you're coming off of a big win and a really bad loss you want some positive momentum for for a program that's won one ncaa tournament game and like the last like I, i think the last time that TCU won two NCAA tournament games in a row was like in the fifties. Um, what do you, what do you do in Kansas city? Do you feel like you need to build that positive momentum or are you kind of like, Hey, we're in, we're probably, if we win one game, we're probably a top, you know, five or six seed here. Is that enough for the frogs or do they need to go out and kind of prove something to themselves and to the selection committee? I think you've already proved it. Like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we know what healthy TCU can do. I don't think there's any question what a healthy TCU men's basketball team could do. We saw it in Lawrence. I know that was a while ago, but we saw that. We saw them put up, saw them put up 100 points on Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oklahoma State lost Avery Anderson, blah, blah, blah. You put up 100 points on that team. You you yeah. faced off against a good Texas team and got that win. I know you've had some slides and some losses, but we've seen what a healthy TCU is capable of. They know if if – Jamie Dixon's running things properly. They know what a healthy TCU team is doing. So let's go out there and play. We know we're beat up. Big 12 tournaments, great. We'd love to have that trophy. This team from the beginning of the year, ever since that loss to Arizona last year, this team's focus has been get to the NCAA tournament, make a run. That's still the goal. You don't have to do anything in Kansas City to impact that role. So if I'm Jamie Dixon, Eddie Lamb can still bang, banged up. Mike Miles is still coming back from that injury. We could, I, I highly doubt. I know they waited a little while longer to try and make sure he was as healthy as they could get him. Like, Get this team healthy. Get this team's mind focused on the run you want to make in the NCAA tournament. That's the most important thing. So they know what they're capable of. I don't think you need to do anything in Kansas City to rem- Like if you remind them, cool, but you know, and that's all that matters. I'd like to see them like play like a good first eight minutes of a basketball game and then shut down everybody. Like, but just like, they looked so disinterested in Norman. Like that was not a team that looked like they cared about winning that basketball game, you know, versus an Oklahoma team that was very motivated to kind of send themselves into Kansas city on a positive note. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's tough if you're TC because you haven't proven much on, on the big stage, but you also have shown, in a, in a small sense, what you're capable of this season. So I'm very interested to see what they feel like they need to do this week, because I think you're right. I think if I'm Jamie Dixon, I'm saying all the right things on the outside, but I'm telling my guys, Hey, let's go out and, and, you know, play and compete and try to get a win here. But at the end of the day, like we're focused on the bigger picture, not what happens over the next three or four days. Um, Let's talk about the bigger picture too, a little bit as you head into the NCAA tournament. You know, we said all, probably all six, those top six seeds in this Big 12 tournament feel like they're Sweet 16 teams. From the outside, how many of those teams, and it's March Madness single elimination, a lot of it depends on matchups, blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah. But but is there a team that would shock you if they got to that second weekend? And how many of these teams do you think legitimately could be, you know, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four caliber teams? And do you see a team that could win it all this year? Like we're all world beaters until we run into a St. Peter's. So, yeah, right. uh, look, all six are capable of a Sweet 16 run. All six should should expect to make a Sweet 16 run. And I think West Virginia is good enough to to potentially, based off matchups, win two games. Um, I don't think anyone has a wider floor to ceiling than Iowa State and TCU just because of TCU mm-hmm. being health-related. Iowa State with everything that's going on internally with Caleb Grill and just this team having the slide they've gone. Like, I could – I mean, I'm, I hate this. Like, I can see TCU and Iowa State. If you said to me, a couple big teams are going to lose in the first round, who is it? I'm going to pick them in, in West Virginia, and if Oklahoma State makes it, it's probably a play-in, so who the hell knows? Uh but I could also see Iowa State kind of doing what they did last year with an understanding of last year was, you know, Wisconsin wasn't good offensively and LSU didn't have their head coach. But like, same thing TCU, are they healthy? Because if they're not healthy, you face off with a team that just matches up right, you don't know. But for Kansas, Kansas State, Texas, like, honestly, they should expect to be in the Sweet 16. And I think Baylor's a similar situation with, with TCU and Kansas State just because of that defense. Like if the offense isn't clicking, you saw that game against Iowa State. Iowa State got that deep. They they played the Iowa State defense we had been familiar with through most of the season. It was just locked down, nasty, gnarly, and Baylor couldn't get the offense going. What happens if Baylor runs into a a, a team who's, you know, yeah, they're mid major, but they're like top one hundred defensively, and and so once yeah. they play somebody good, they've got a senior laden defense. So it's just like to me, Kansas, Texas, Kansas State are the teams that if picked teams to make a deep deep run, those are the three. Obviously, finishing top three. Um, I would, I put TCU ceiling higher than Baylor's because of what we've seen them do. I mean, because they, I feel better about them on both sides of the court, as opposed to Baylor, who's terrible. Baylor's going to run to some team with like a big man. Who's just going to sit under the basket and just, just put the ball in the hoop over and over and over again. And Baylor's going to lose by a, by one. Uh, I don't know. I just, yes. All six teams, all seven, frankly, could make runs into a tournament. I, I feel most confident at least in three of them. If I had to give you one team that you think is the last team standing out of the Big 12 Conference, who are you putting your money on? Like, I don't want to say Kansas because this isn't supposed to be that kind of Kansas team this year, right? Like, and it doesn't, it's not last year's. It doesn't feel like a Kansas team that's going to make a deep run. I actually, I'm only supposed to pick one. I'm going to break the rule. I, I would lean Texas because of how good they put for two different reasons. Texas and Kansas State for two reasons. Texas because of the team ball they play. Like, no, there's not like that guy's big deal player of the year. That guy's going to be a first team All American. But that they play team ball so well. And Rodney Terry has gotten them through yeah. this storm. Like, people want to be like, oh, they're overrated. I'm like, I honestly think Texas is a little underrated in the way we view them because people are like, ah, Chris Beard's left up. It's just, they don't have a a Jalen Wilson. They don't have a Keontae. Uh, they don't, I don't have any of these guys. I'm like, yeah, but there's a team like, and I also know Texas's recent history in the NCAA tournament. I just, I feel like Texas has a real opportunity to just quietly kind of go on a run. Um, and I think Kansas state does too, because of the pair they have that leads that team. I just, if they're rolling, Kansas state can make an absolute, just an absolute run. Let's talk a little bit about, um, Texas Tech, we've kind of on the periphery, you've talked a lot about, you know, Rod and Terry and the Chris Beard situation at Texas. But on the other side, you know, we've got Mark Adams who's gotten himself into some hot water 
Um, I don't want to rile up the Red Raider fans because Lord knows that never goes well for anybody. But um, by the same token, like it's it's interesting to see, you know, what happened at Texas with Chris Beard. And, and I don't think anybody doubts he'll be coaching again and probably sooner rather than later. But then also what's happening with Mark Adams with the with the added part of this is it feels like Texas Tech wants out of that contract and that players don't want to play for Mark Adams this year. Um, how do you see that situation kind of boiling out or, you know, kind of playing out over the next kind of a couple of weeks? And, and do you foresee Mark Adams being the coach of the Red Raiders next season? Uh, I, I I don't think Mark Adams is back. Um, I talked with our Texas Tech show, Tortillas and Takes. They don't think he's back either. I'm going to ignore all the rumors about his personal life and who he spends his time with and so on and so forth. I'm going to ignore that his son, who was a fire Juco coach is one of the assistants, apparently having way too big an involvement in the program the last year. Um, we can talk about the Texas tech men's um, basketball post that went out on Twitter on what's today, Tuesday uh, with Kevin O'Banner holding a power of positive leadership book in his hands so that you could see it in one of the photos. Mark Adams is like this day. Everyone, I think everyone's done with, him yeah. this and look I, we've said this like you never get caught the first time you do something wrong right you get caught eventually over time after you continue to lay on and lay on this isn't this isn't the first strike this is going to be the straw that broke the camel's back it's just that for a lot of people this is the first time you've heard anything bad about mark adams as opposed to just other than you know hey they're 16 and 15 this year and 5 and 13 and it's just you're gonna fire him he was so good last year and it's like yeah like judging a coaching hire after one year is a, a good way to end up with the long-term contract of somebody you don't actually want to end up with long-term. I don't think he's there another year. I, I don't, I don't think you can bring him back. Um, and I don't think they will. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and I'm, that's a coaching search replacement search. I'm very interested in to see some of the names that pop up. Yeah, I don't think it is a little, it's a little turnabout is fair play here as the the team and the, the program, the fan base that was celebrating Mark Adams is the second coming because they lost Chris Beard to a school they didn't want to listen to. And then frankly celebrated Chris Beard being accused of something really, really terrible. And now only to, it, it's the throwing rocks and glass houses thing, right? Like I think, I think in sports, we all have to be very, very careful about what we say about other people's coaching choices because you never know what's happening in your own home. And, and how, I mean, I'm TC fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm dealing with that a little bit as well too, is, is you just have to be careful what you wish for, I guess, because everybody can find something to complain about from inside or outside. Uh, I will say this for Texas Tech fans. You should be very careful about throwing rocks at other programs when Kirby Hocutt remains your <laughs> athletic director. This is the fifth issue with a sitting head coach uh, in which they are going to or likely either have been or likely to have been relieved from their duties due to an off the court or yeah. off the field issue. And it may not have happened at Texas Tech, and I don't like assuming these kinds of things, but Chris Beard wasn't that far removed from Texas Tech. If he was able to get do what he did at Texas, there's no reason to believe it might not have happened at Texas Tech as well. So uh, I know he raises a lot of money, but I'm not sure hiring coaches should be something Kirby Hocutt is responsible for him anymore in Lubbock. 
uh, you know, in sports, we all, you can be celebrated one day and villainized the next. And that's true for players, coaches, administrators, fans, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's a, it's a dirty business out here, but uh, it's when it's going well, it's fun. And when it's not going well, it's, it's gets real ugly. So um, yeah, I don't, and I don't wish ill on in Texas tech. And, and I, I feel no. like they've got a really quality human being and baseball and really quality human being and football right now. And, and so maybe, well, maybe things are, yeah, we, year, I, I so we'll see like, what happens. There, there's, there's nobody that I want, like from an outside. Well, there's two people, the two people I don't want from the outside to find out that they suck are Joey McGuire and Mike Boynton. Like those are the two guys that I'm like, I hope those dudes are who I think that they are because they are two mm-hmm. of the most likable easy to respect folks that I've ever interacted with, like in interview rooms and things like that. And so here's hoping that those two at least are who they say they are. And, and I'm, I, I'm pretty confident in the character of my TCU head coaches right now, but hey, who knows? Well, you know, we'll find out. Let's see. I, I have to be careful because, uh, you know, otherwise uh, the, the, the folks that, uh, well, I'm not going to get into any houses. of that, but Melissa, glass yeah, houses. glass houses, glass <laughs> houses. Um, yeah. So, um, okay. So I, I, I we, we've said it, we've done it, but I, I want I want a hard and fast prediction. Who is holding up the Big Twelve Tournament Championship trophy on was it Saturday or Saturday? Right, Saturday afternoon. Saturday for the men. I will pick Kansas. Sunday for the women. I will pick Oklahoma. Okay, I think those are pretty pretty safe bets. And just on the line, life on the line right now. Which team is holding up? the national championship trophy at the end of the NCAA tournament. I'll give you, I'll give you uh, a bit, if it's a big 12 team and if it's not a big 12 team. Uh, I'm, I'm going to cheat. If it's a big 12 team, it's Houston. Um, if <laughs> it's not a big 12 team. I don't trust Alabama to not blow a game. Um, I don't trust Alabama <laughs> period Purdue, for anything right now. Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. I have no idea, um, to be perfectly honest. I'm going to cheat and pull up bracketology because I don't remember who was going to be seated where. Like, I, I think Houston can. And I, and I think they legitimately, if I have to pick somebody, I, I, I might pick them. I'm having a hard time with Kansas this year. I don't trust Alabama at all. Um, I'm a non-Big 12. I tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick... I'm going to pick Marquette. Hmm. Um, Shaka. So kind of a yeah. big 12. Yeah. Hey, hey. Well, not no. That that would be like claiming Tennessee is a big 12 team just because. Oh, God. You know. <laughs> <laughs> if they're a former big 12 coach. No. Um, they're former. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to go out on a limb because I can, because it doesn't really matter. Um, it has no impact on me whatsoever. I'm going to, I'm going to say Houston for my big 12 school. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I'll take Marquette for my non. I, I just, I think they're really good. I think they have a really high ceiling and it's nice to see Shaka able to coach the way he wants to coach uh, that makes him so successful uh, at a basketball program. I I have nothing against Shaka smart whatsoever. Uh, Understood why that ended with Texas made complete and total sense is best thing for both parties. And I'm happy to see him thriving again. Yeah. That's he's where he belongs for sure. Um, All right. So tell us where people can find you and the work that the 10 12 network is doing. Uh, 1012network.com, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network is where you can find every show on the network and links to every one of them and go check them all out. Please do. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at 1012network. And of course, I am the host of the 1012 podcast. We are the flagship show who covers the entire conference. A lot of basketball. Be very basketball heavy next week. Shocker, March Madness. Um, After that, um, 
we like TCU doesn't have softball, and so yeah. Um, but college softball, softball is great, and people should it watch is. it. And we get softball heavy on Thursdays during softball season. That's that's the sport that I'm like. It's at post football basketball season. That's the sport we uh, we lean into. So, if you're a college softball fan, make sure and come listen on Thursdays. We uh, we try and bring on as many softball guests as we can. This is awesome. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to a really fun week up in Kansas City. It's going to be a lot of good basketball played. I'm glad that you mentioned the women as well. Um, TCU's women are the 10th seed. Our head coach is stepping down. We haven't talked much women's basketball around here, but uh, there's a lot of really great women's basketball being played in the Big 12 Conference, and that tournament will be worth watching uh, closely as well. And Oklahoma is a very, very fun basketball team for sure. Uh, interesting coaching hire to watch. We'll be curious to see uh, who yeah. TCU brings in to uh, replace uh, Coach Keeley. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Melissa.